to the Dig City Podcast. I'm Corey Palm alongside head coach Dave Shondell. Coach, uh, as you said when you when you came in this morning and, and talked to me about the show a little bit, we got a few things to discuss today. Uh, a heck of a weekend for the Boilermakers. Um, just overall thoughts coming out of a, a, a very important final two home games. Well, I, I just think with the home slate completed, uh, it, it's a great time to thank our fans um, for selling out every single match with the exception of maybe, did we have a midday affair this year? I don't think we did. We didn't, no, everything so was late. I, I think we sold out every, 17 matches mm-hmm. sold out, 2,500. And um, the block party has been in rare form. They've been outstanding. I don't get a chance to see a lot of the stuff they do. Sometimes i got to wait and watch it on film afterwards uh, when I watch the match. But just so thankful to have a student section that, that loves to come out and do what they do. Our community section, um, the people have been outstanding. It, it's just it's just a good time to, to be a Boilermaker here. Um, but also just um, looking at the Big Ten standings as well. We talked about that just briefly. Congratulations to John Cook yeah. and his outstanding uh, team for winning the Big Ten this season. They're 18-0. and zero. They do play Wisconsin this weekend, but that won't have any impact on the outcome of the um, – Really much any either way. I mean, mm-hmm. Nebraska's going to be first. Wisconsin's going to be second. We're duking it out right now with Penn State. And to those listeners out there that feel like I've got uh, something wrong with my voice today, I do. I've got a sinus infection. And uh, so I'm, I'm struggling with that a little bit. This time of year, it seems to, to come annually. But uh, Penn State and us are 13-5. and five. Minnesota is two games back. So we're going to be third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we go up to the state of Michigan – and we play like we're capable of playing, and we get after it, and we compete, and we're well prepared. Then you know we'll, we certainly should have a shot for at least a tie for third. Uh, just so those of you know, Penn State hosts Ohio State and Maryland, um, where we're on the road to Michigan and Michigan State. That is uh, not quite as exciting a, a final weekend as I'm sure the Big Ten central office was hoping for. Well, yeah, I'm sure they like a little more excitement, but you know credit Nebraska for getting the job done and. And I didn't talk at all about this past weekend. So, what specifics would you like me to? Yeah, well, uh, we'll start on we'll start on Friday night. You guys, uh, you've been saying all year that you you started week one. This team is going to be great at some point. Don't know if it's going to be next week. We don't know if it's going to be at the end of the at the end of the season. You actually listen to those things that I say. I once in a while, okay. you know. I, sometimes I have to have questions ready for yeah. for after yeah. you say something, but. But uh, I think we saw that on Friday night with the, the big win in five sets over, over number three, Wisconsin. Um, everyone knows Wisconsin was not at full strength. They haven't been for about a week now, and, and we make no apologies for that. Everybody we deals that. We, we didn't have a couple of our opposites available either. That's you know, very true. We play not, the they're not 6'9", but they're pretty good players. For sure. And, um, you know, I, somebody was asking me the other day about what impact will – that have on seating, you know, that Smrek did not mm-hmm. play in those two matches. And I just said, <clears throat> you go back and look at every team in the country, <clears throat> and there's matches they didn't have the full lineup. There's no way. There's just no way that anybody gets through a whole year yeah. without missing somebody. And and we certainly have had our share of problems there with, with the right sides. It's been a, a you know rotating, revolving door, I guess I should say, out there with, with the right side players. But... Uh, Wisconsin is a really, really good team with or without Anna Smrek. Mm-hmm. She did bounce back and play on Saturday, on Sunday against Indiana and, and did a nice job as they swept 
the Hoosiers. But, um, yeah, I, I felt all along I'm pretty good about this team. And just because they compete, I know we've got some, some unique characters on this team that you have to have if you want to be able to, to not just compete but flourish mm -hmm. in, in this league against the competition we've played this season. And the non-conference slate prepared us very, very well to go into the Big Ten. And uh, those wins that you know, we got out first weekend against Maryland and, and Rutgers didn't seem like much at the time, but there's been some teams that have stubbed their toes on that trip this year. Yep. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I am pleased with this. I thought it was with Wisconsin's match, it was a great match for TV. Mm -hmm. I believe you were calling well, – you, you were not calling the match. Uh, no, I was calling the Maryland match. Yep. The next <clears throat> but what a great match for national TV with yep. the Big Ten Network being here and it goes right down to the wire. I think it was a 16-14? It was. 16-14, and they had a shot at, at winning the, the match, and um, I think Raven may got a stuff block at that point in time on somebody. So, you know, Raven's just – Raven Colvin is one of those players that she can go through a match, and your expectations so, are so high for her, and you may not notice her as much as, as you'd like to, but when it gets, gets right down to it, she makes the place. Mm -hmm. I mean, a stuff block on match point against – Wisconsin. Against Wisconsin. And, uh, and then we went on and, and found a way to win, win from there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how well Wisconsin does and if they get that home seed. Um, I think if they beat Nebraska, uh, at, they play it in, in uh, Madison this weekend. If they win that match, I think they'll, they and Nebraska both will host all the way through the uh, regional round. Yep. That is, uh, that is down the line. That's, that's Selection Sunday, and we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end of the show. Just put some stats on Raven – uh, Ravens' performance, 14 kills, 4 errors. She hit 345, came up with uh, 4 blocks. Um, it, it, really, really a great day for her offensively, uh, but it couldn't hold a candle to the, the day that Eva Hudson had for you guys. 30 kills, uh, hit 333, just doing everything for, for the offense. That was a great night uh, for Eva, and... Uh, that doesn't surprise anybody that watches her play all the time like we do in the gym. She just she can just go to a level like that and just be magical. You know, a little bit Ariel Turner-like. Uh, Ariel Turner just mesmerized defenses in the Big Ten because she just hit the ball where nobody expected the ball to go. Nobody had any idea where she was going with the ball. Eva has some of that ability to, you know, as does Chloe, but mm -hmm. Eva just uh, can get so much pace on the ball. Eva actually hits the ball harder than Ariel Turner. Uh, Ariel Turner, of course, played for us. Uh, I don't know what year it was, but she was runner-up to National Player of the Year. She was a Big Ten Player of the Year. 2012 was when she finished up. We had a couple, some, some really, really good teams when she was here. Um, and she was also, I think, the academic All-American. Academic All-American, yeah. The player of the Year. Engineering student. So, um, and Eva's just kind of carrying on some of that, that tradition. And it's just, it's just fun to have somebody like that on the floor to go with the other really good players that we have on the floor. Still young, but... Um, we're playing with a little more experience now. One last, uh, you mentioned Chloe, you know, uh, we know what she does offensively. Tell you what, Friday night was not her best offensive performance for a lot of reasons. 11 kills, 7 errors. Uh, she got a few fewer swings than she's used to. And what I love most about what Chloe has become this season is uh, she kind of processed that and said, okay, how can I help this team win? 23 digs is a phenomenal number for an outsider. She's a playmaker. Yeah. And, you know, you hope when you recruit, you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind. That we need playmakers. We need people that can do um, skills that 
few people can do. And, you know, and Chloe certainly fits that, that billing. She's um, a great athlete. She's quick. She's dynamic. She's seen so much. She understands what's going on on the other side of the net. So she's in spots, and she's made a lot of progress this year on that because, believe it or not, I didn't think she was very good defensively start the season. <laughs> she had some, some, some questionable habits, moving her mm-hmm. feet a lot, uh, getting a real narrow base as, as the ball was getting ready to be attacked, and a lot of the things that, that you know she's worked on since she's been here that have, have made her better. But the most important thing she does is she competes on every single point. And um, that you know that helps the entire team do the same thing. Absolutely. Just to, to put a fine point on that, her 23 digs was only one behind Maddie Skimmerhorn, who you've said for the last two years is one of the best lib- liberos in the Big Ten, yeah. if not the country. Yeah, and Skim, Skim on... On that note, is playing better than she's ever played. Yes. Uh, the Maryland match, we don't. I'm not sure if we win those two two pointers. If she's not digging lips back there, she was just making one play after another. And the Maryland match um, was one of those matches when you're in it, when you're living the moment, you're thinking, oh, we're not playing very well. We're, we're not getting it done. We're just not sharp. We're not executing. And then you go back and you watch it on tape, which I did that night. Mm-hmm. I was amazed at how many great plays we made. It's just, you know, Maryland's like a lot of teams in this league. They're good. They're good. They got the exact – basically, they had the entire play. They, they didn't play all the players they had here last year, but they had the same roster. They could have put the same lineup on that beat us here last year in 3-0, 3-0. But they've actually got some players that are outperforming those players mm-hmm. that came in here. But yet, uh, their numbers don't merit a trip to the NCAA tournament, which is, you know, something I think that, uh, you know, our, our Big Ten has to look at is – why are we only going to get five at the most teams in the Big Ten tournament in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, it's it's kind of baffling from a conference that's traditionally so strong, and you know we've talked several times this year. Uh, a handful of teams that aren't going to make the tournament would win at least one, maybe two matches in the tournament if yeah. they were there. Well, we know firsthand what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the year that we went twelve and eight in the Big Ten and finished fifth and. Um, we, we just unfortunately scheduled some teams that were have been doing great before we got to them um, years in the past. Like Moorhead State had won 30 matches three or four years in a row. Yep. The year that we played them, they won three. Notre Dame had their worst season of all time. So some of these things you can't control. But I do think, and I've had a conversation with the Big Ten um, people, and uh, when we do have our meeting or even before then, we're going to look at, what, what do we suggest that we do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Because, I mean, the biggest problem in Illinois was they lost some matches in non-conference that they really should not have lost. Um, but, man, they're playing well right now. Mm-hmm. Indiana's just had a, a terrific year. I don't know how you explain Indiana, except that the issue is is that you know Ohio State, who had a great team a year ago, graduated a lot of people, but they went after the same kind of non-conference they schedule. Did. They and it, and it got a bunch of losses on the docket. So now when you play Ohio State, mm-hmm. especially if you play them twice, we just played them once, I think. But if you play Ohio State twice, you take you take those losses. Um, and, you know, there are some teams that just, just didn't quite have the non-conference seasons that they were hoping for. Looking uh, specifically at Maryland, you guys, and you talked about this at your press conference on Monday a little bit, uh, there, sometimes you come off a big win, short turnaround, even at home, it's hard to get past the mentally, okay, that big moment. It, it, yeah. Maybe it's hard to get to sleep that night. It's hard to get the rest that you want. It's hard to turn the page in, yeah. in 18 hours to get ready for the next team. And uh, you started a little bit slow uh, because of that, maybe. 
it's always hard in this league. It doesn't matter if you have five days rest or not. It, it, and I'm, I'm not avoiding your, your, yeah. your question or your statement, whichever it was. Um, my point is that I don't care when we would play Maryland. It would have been hard. We went out there. They beat us in four. Mm-hmm. All the games were close. Mm-hmm. You play them here, the games are close. We swept them. We should be jumping for joy. Yeah. But just because we were fatigued and emotionally in a different place after that match with Wisconsin, we felt like it was just a lot of work. But that's what this is. You look at when you look at Nebraska, who's now eighteen and zero. That's a lot of work. They're putting in a lot of work. Yeah, and, and they just they just played well enough at the right times to get it done. And I know they went five they went five with us to beat us. They went five, I think, with uh, Wisconsin to beat them. They, did. they may have won in Penn State. May have beat them in four out at their place. I can't. I mean, they may have beat Penn State in four. Or, I think it was five. Yeah. Think it, I think was it was too, five. yeah. So sometimes you just gotta roll the sleeves up and get it done. And uh, in this case, Nebraska's done that. And again, we've won more than our fair share at five centers also this season. For sure, you guys, uh, you're, you're up 24-20 late against Maryland. They stage a furious comeback, but like you said, you take it 26-24, um, take set two pretty handily. And then in set three, again, comes down to the final two points and uh, 27. We had a a significant lead in that one, too. Yes. But they came back. Uh, Their lefty just really was hard for us to handle. Uh, I thought we controlled everybody else pretty well, but not uh, Schnitta. Schnitta. Sam Schnitta. She was really, really nice. And I think she's back for them again. I I don't know for sure. She's transferred from, uh, what, Ole Miss? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, good player. But I tell you what, it, it feels like uh, some of these players just never graduate. And, uh, I, I know people will be saying that about Eva in two years, too, because when you come in early, have an impact, or, or have an impact immediately, it yeah. feels like you're around forever. So the Boilermakers currently 19-8, uh, and 13-5 and five in the Big Ten with two to go, and uh, uh, you've got a road trip to Michigan. We will talk about that and, and what's beyond that after the break. Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. All right, Coach, you head up to Ann Arbor on Friday and then East Lansing Saturday to close out the regular season. Uh, I know those are two teams that are, again, kind of right in the middle of the Big Ten standings. Uh, first of all, the Wolverines five and thirteen overall, or excuse me, in Big Ten seven and twenty overall. They've they've had a bit of a weird year. I know they're playing very well right now. Yeah, they're not quite in the middle. Uh, no, they're they're bottom okay. third. Yeah, was... um, but Adam Hughes, the bright young coach from Maryland, was talking with me before the match on Saturday night, and he said they've got like four top forty recruits in the country in their lineup. And um, they're, they're, you know, they're a good team. Is, and uh, I think he, he had beaten them out at, uh, at Maryland recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, Cliff Keen Arena is a, a smallish gym, probably holds about 1,800. It's not easy to play there. Um, I watched them on tape uh, yesterday quite a bit um, after the, the Purdue basketball win. Um, well, what a great win that was. That was a lot of fun. Beat Gonzaga and have so many guys play well and wishing them the best later on today when they see Tennessee. There's quite a rivalry I think, between Purdue and Tennessee now. You did your part last year. Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll, get, uh, we'll get another win today. Michigan is a 5-1 offense. Uh, 
different setter than what we have seen lately. Um, really, a few different people, people I didn't recognize, and so I'm going to have to watch a lot more tape on them. But they got two good middles, two very physical players in the middle. Um, good uh, Grant's a libero. She was out a lot this season. She's back now, uh, playing really, really well. So it's it's you know you go up there and over Thanksgiving you got to play at Michigan and you got to get on the bus and go over and play at Michigan State and Michigan State is a really good team that um, you know could have beat us here had we not bounced back in that second set uh, from, came from behind or otherwise we'd be looking at a zero two deficit in sets so it, it'll be a challenging weekend but I, I think that you know we're trying not to overdo it this week in practice I want to make sure that we're going to be be fresh. You don't need to get somebody hitting the head with the ball because um, that, that, that this would be bad. That'd be bad timing yes. for that. Um, so, we're, but we're going to get some things done. But uh, a lot of it would just be trying to get some continuity in our offense and make sure our defense continues to get better uh, as we move forward. Playing on Friday night uh, in Ann Arbor, you guys will leave Thursday. Then you'll leave on Thanksgiving. Uh, how how does that affect your Thanksgiving plans? I know a lot of times you like to have. The, the, the team out to the house? Yeah, we're not possible. going to be able to do that right now. First of all, the, where I'm living right now, the lake place isn't big enough. That's uh, true. For that. Angie's going to have a good group out there. Um, and she was scrambling around today trying to find a means to get all those people in, in that, that place. But our team, we will um, practice here on Thursday. We'll have Thanksgiving here in one of the, um, maybe the Spurgeon room here. I'm not okay. sure where it would be brought carried in. And then we'll fly up to uh, Ann Arbor after that, and, and you know, watch some more tape. When we get up there, but um, that's how that's going to work. And, okay. and we we've been up to Michigan before on Thanksgiving. We had to go in to find some restaurant that was open that would take us. And sometimes that's been a pretty good meal, and sometimes it's not been. Yeah, that's but we're gonna the situation we have right now. Carrie Gurdell and uh, Cat everybody else they've got a good plan I, I think we're going to be okay that's good that's good you gotta be gotta be well nourished that's for sure well, we will be <laughs> um okay so not uh we've talked a little bit about your last two games uh selection sunday is right around the corner that yeah. is uh 6 30 i believe on sunday evening and uh what are you on espn on espn it is it, it, you won't be waiting for a college basketball holiday yeah. tournament to wrap up hopefully this not. year hopefully no guarantee on that <laughs> but uh um yeah that we're looking forward to seeing how that plays out and of course we still have a weekend that's going to dictate where we end up looking at the rpi right now and um, our rpi is 10th mm -hmm. uh, in the country uh, right behind Oregon, Kentucky, and Tennessee, and right ahead of Arkansas, Creighton, and Washington State. Um, Michigan State's record is good enough that that's not going to impact us from an opponent's record standpoint, but Michigan's record is not as good, mm -hmm. so we'll probably take a little bit of a hit, uh, regardless if we win or lose that match when we, we play them. So uh, I'm hoping to stay at around 10, even if we go up and win both of them. Um, you know, but. We will see. I, I do think we're going to host, and uh, that's good for us. And uh, I, think it, I think it helps us. I have no idea who they're going to send here. It does. It does definitely help. And, and that's sort of the next thing you start to look at is, okay, if we feel like we've secured a top 16, well, the higher up you finish because they seed – as as they seed all 64 now or just no, top 32? 32. 32. Because they seed top 32, your seeding affects your potential second-round matchup. Absolutely. And if you're 10 
and they see 32, then you're going to ideally be playing 23 mm -hmm. if you get that far into the in the second round. It'd be 10, 23, and then if you beat them, then you're playing seven. Right. And if you dig that, you're playing two. That's how far you know if you if you can go that deep into the fray. Um, so I don't know, we we just we just got to keep playing well, get better this week in practice, go up and compete against two teams that would like nothing better than to knock us off. Neither one of those teams are going to make the NCAA tournament, yep. Michigan or Michigan State. And uh, but they both have relatively new coaching staffs. Second year for Leah Johnson at Michigan State, first year for Aaron Virtue mm -hmm. at Michigan. So they're you know it's not like they're they're going to go away, right? Because um, they're they're trying to build something. There's ur there's a sense of urgency and purpose in what those programs are doing. So I know that it'll be a stiff, stiff challenge for us. Well, we, we wish you luck. Is the uh, I know in the past sometimes you've had a, a public viewing party for for Selection Sunday. Yeah, I think they're having something here at the Spurgeon Room, whether it's for, um, I think it's for season ticket holders okay. and the block party. Um, really, I, I don't think anybody's going to be checking IDs at the yeah. door. So if you want to come over to the Spurgeon Room and, and join us, uh, have at it. I'm sure of all the people that are listening on here, if they all showed up, we'd still have plenty of room. So uh, <laughs> just spill out into the arena a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah, we've we got fourteen thousand seats there. We got some video boards out there as well. There so, you go. Yeah. Well, coach, good luck this week. Safe travels. Okay, well, I appreciate you, Corey. Hope we'll, I'll be feeling a little bit better next time we we get together. Hope so too. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too.